You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Now, before we get into this interview, I have an exclusive opportunity for you that I'd love to bring to your attention. And that is I have just launched a six to 12 month mastermind called the Circle of Influence, where I'll be taking you under my wing to show you how to build a platform online that generates an income for you so you can have more freedom in your life. I'm also going to show you how to become a powerful influencer online so that you can score interviews and so you can get exposure on major publications and platforms. And I'm going to even show you how to build these platforms yourself, such as a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel, and a social media following so that you can get your message out there to millions. I'm also going to show you how to network with other incredible leaders online so that you can interview them and so that you can collaborate with them and really show you how to refine your story so you can share it in an unforgettable way to score more interviews, to score book deals, and to gain more speaking opportunities so that you can become a powerhouse leader. Now, if this speaks to you, make sure you head over to IamJoelBrown.com slash apply and get in before I close my doors on this live interactive exclusive opportunity where I'm going to go deep with you and with the community of Circle of Influence Game Changers. Don't miss this. Now, let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Brittany Crystal, who is an incredible branding and personal growth expert. Brittany and I have connected quite a few times. I just featured on her podcast and it was an absolutely rocking episode. Brittany asks incredible questions and she loves going deep into what it means to build a brand with meaning and that truly impacts. So Brittany, I'm, I'm excited to jump in with you today and for you to instill your wisdom with my audience. Thanks for jumping in. Well, thank you so much for having me, Joel. You're amazing. I've seen your growth over the last however many years, and your episode was definitely one of the episodes that I've gotten. It might be the one that I've gotten the most feedback on. So thank you for that. Wow, that's that's amazing, uh, amazing feedback. I'm excited to uh, to see what we have here with you today. I know that you have been sharing a lot around personal branding. And I saw something recently about LinkedIn. I'd love to talk about that because I feel like LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Twitter, I feel like are the social media platforms that get kind of swept under the rug. And I know that uh, this is often about how you use the tool rather than like, is it outdated or is it, you know, uh, less productive or less effective. So I'd love to talk with you about some creative ways that we can really reach more people with our personal brands and also to, to jump into the mindset of what it takes to really be confident in sharing your message with the world. So Brittany, let's just jump in real quick in a nutshell. What excites you most in life? What excites me most in life at this point is the potential to help people. I like to say that I'm an advocate for people. Like I, I was a former lawyer, so advocating always came naturally. But the fact that I can teach people how to advocate for themselves and build the life that they want, that's what's exciting to me right now. Now, when you say advocate, let's break this down a little bit more because I feel like there are, there are a couple different versions of people online. Uh, you have some people that are really just uh, trying to build their brand for some significance. 
they may feel with their, within themselves that they don't have that thing that they can really have as a hold as a credit to their name. And then you have other people that legitimately don't care about the likes, the views. They're there just really stepping into their purpose. So how do we become an advocate that is powerful and effective, but also in alignment with truly who we are? Well, personal branding now is not an option. I know it's a buzzword, but it's not an option. It really is. It is your resume. It's your reputation. But we only hear about things two ways now, word of mouth and online. And there are a lot of people who are still part of that old school mentality where they think, I don't know if they think personal branding is selfish or personal branding is about bragging about yourself. But it's really not. I think it's offense and defense. And it's about just kind of protecting your name. And we haven't gotten into my background at all, but before I got into the personal brand space, there's no safe job. There's no industry that's safe. And I feel like people just need to do even the baseline, letting people know who they are and who they are professionally. And we'll talk about LinkedIn because LinkedIn is 100% right now the best, most efficient place to grow your brand and your influence online. Like stuff that's happening there is insane. But I just think that people, there needs to be a mindset shift around personal branding. Like personal branding almost has a bad brand connotation. Like it's not about the likes and the follows. And for me personally, I say I work with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial minded people. And that's because those people, for the most part, have a bigger vision. I don't want to work, this is me personally and to each his own. But I do want to work with people who have a stronger why or a purpose. And usually that comes from people who entrepreneurs to actually be a real entrepreneur, and I'm talking like a real entrepreneur who built a real business, you need to really give a shit. I don't know if I can swear on this. Sorry about YouTube. <laughs> but uh, you need to really care. You need to have something bigger than wanting to make money or wanting to be famous in order to build a business. And those are the people I love working with. Love that. I love it. That's some uh, you know deep work. And I love that you're focused on developing leaders rather than just getting a bunch of followers yourself. I think a lot of people, what they do is they, they try and build a tribe for the sake of having followers rather than building a tribe that they can network with, that they can go arm in arm with so that they can join forces to really develop a stronger leadership in the world because that's what creates change. It's, it's the people that are willing to go first, the leaders that are ready to innovate uh, and be the example. So I love, uh, I love that that's your focus. It's, it's great. And everyone, I, and everyone, like just how, what you said, everybody's message and everybody's voice is worthy. At this point, there's nobody, yeah. like one thing that I'm just like, the thing that I'm best at is figuring out what makes each person unique. And you've had a ton of people on this podcast already talk about personal branding. And I'm sure we'll get into the elements of a great, strong personal brand, what truly builds influence. I have a podcast on influence. I'm obsessed with this stuff. But at the same time, it's a formula. But each person applies the formula different. And for each person's purpose and why, it's the same thing. You just need to break it down for yourself and how to apply the rules to yourself. I love it. And I like that you made that distinction there. What would you advise someone to do if they were like, hey, I don't know what my purpose is right now? And I know this is such a, like a loaded question, uh, but what would be some steps? I remember, this is actually, I've never told this publicly and I was going to, going to talk about it on my podcast. I didn't know what my purpose was until way more recently. And I've been, you know, out of college for over now 10 years now. And, you know, there were all these things and dreams that I thought I had and I needed to try different things first. You don't need to know what your bigger purpose is necessarily, but I do think people need to either work or do something that they feel like is meaningful and contributes to a, a bigger whole. 
So for me right now, I'm running my students from my LinkedIn course through their clarity exercises. So I'll just tell you guys quickly, clear, like there's three basic elements to personal branding. There's brand clarity, there's consistent content, and there's, there's community. And the clarity piece is the, you know, who you are, what makes you unique, who your audience is, your why. And really, it's about looking at, I have a 10-year vision exercise, I know that's something you talk about all the time. Love but it. when you think about what your life is like in 10 years, you start figuring out what your values are and what's important to you. And then just going through the day-to-day, I think we're not mindful about you know, you kind of just put your head down, you start working or you get a job and you just do it. And people aren't taking the time to even think, what do I want my life to look like? Because you need to take that step. So that way you can start figuring out your purpose. I knew what types of things I liked. And then each job was like a new iteration of that. And I think once people, at least in the personal brand space, people can at least start putting out content or be talking to people who are doing things that they might be interested in moving into and figuring out that purpose. If you ask me, I literally had a conversation. This woman asked me, she was an executive at Vayner. She was like, what's your purpose? Because I was trying to figure out what was next. This was right before I joined Gary's team specifically. And I gave her some bullshit answer. I gave her some answer that was like skills-based. And she was like, that's not your purpose. And I remember that conversation now because I I didn't have it. And I really didn't have it until way more recently. Wow. Thank you so much for your uh, authentic answer there. And I like this because it it keeps it real. I think there are a lot of people that struggle with this and – uh, I think one of the big reasons that a lot of people uh, continue to go through their life, even into their late 40s, 50s, 60s, still not knowing their purpose is because they're scared to lose, right? And, and really what it is, is like that, even that word lose, I mean, what I mean by that is like thinking that you've lost something when really you haven't, it's a gain ultimately at the end of the day, but they're scared of making a mistake in fear that they're going to be judged or they're going to be less than, or it just backs up that running story of I'm not good enough. Right, but honestly, when I look at my life, I look at the the achievements I've made, even the the big uh, uh, launching points within my business. They were all came right after I had some form of a a, a mistake that I made or a, or a loss, yeah. right? And I think that people are just so shy to the things that matter most. And and this is it. Like you want to find your purpose, you got to be like a mad freaking scientist in the lab of life, and you got to jump in and be willing to experiment your way to find the things that really, truly light you up. Yeah, I would not have found my purpose if I hadn't been unhappy at jobs, if I hadn't been fired, if I hadn't done subpar work because I wasn't into it, if I hadn't been, just all of these negative things, everything good came out of it. And, I, and it sounds so cheesy, and I know we're talking, you know, talking about all this stuff, but it matters in terms of mindset, and I just really don't, there is no failure for me anymore. And the greatest thing now is, I think, working for myself I was supposed to be working for myself, but I just, I have full control over my life. And I used to, and this is just being completely real. I used to be someone who would complain. I would complain about my job. I hated it. What am I doing? All of that stuff. I have no complaints now. Like I'm like a completely different version of myself. And that's because I know I have control. I don't like something I can change it. And that's true for everybody in every position. But I think when people work in a, they just get stuck or there's all these other expectations. And I knew that I couldn't live my life for anyone else because if I died the next day and I look, you know, if I was dying and I look back on what I was doing, would I be happy with what I'd done so far? And the answer was no. And now I feel like, you know, if like, hopefully I live a long life, but if something were to happen, it's like, no, I put myself out there and I was doing what I needed to do. 
Well, I like that question you asked yourself. If I was to die today, would I be happy with what I've done with my life? Great question to ask yourself. If you're listening right now, write that down. Get your pad and your pen out. Write this down. Even write the three steps that Brittany shared before about building your brand. Brittany, what were those three steps again? So it was clarity. things to focus on. And yep. Clarity, that's like the who you are, who you're talking to, your why, what makes you unique, consistent content, and then obviously quality content and community and that's the engagement relationship building and ultimately clarity and community are the most important love this great strategies thank you uh Brittany, you've also worked with and i think you alluded to it before you you have worked with gary vaynerchuk uh, out there in new york and and also marie folio as well two powerhouses in the space of business and self-development so what would you say you've learned from gary and uh marie over the years I mean, I think about this all the time because even when I, just now growing in my business, I'm still learning from them and different things that, like when I was working for Gary, now I look at his business different. Like there were things I learned, obviously, doing the branding part, like learning all the paid ads or learning, you know, how to break down content or learning, writing in his voice, all of those things. But the true thing I learned from both of them is that you can build a business being you. They are both exactly who you think that they are. And that's honestly what I'm building my business on now. It's like, I don't care if you like me or don't like me. Like I'm putting myself out there and the people who are right, I can work with and I want to help. And if not, that's totally fine. And that's really how they run. And if you get a comment from either of them, it is, it's them. I like people who are themselves. And now we can, you can literally make, make any life you want and you can do it being yourself. And so, honestly, that's the biggest takeaway. Like, sure, I watch how, like, now it's like, oh, I see how Gary has, like, this operations thing in place and all of these different actual business elements. But when I think about what makes them interesting, it's that. And then it's knowing your audience. It's the empathy. It's the self-awareness. They're both extremely self-aware. The things that, you know, everybody talks about, that Gary talks about all the time. But at the end of the day, they are exactly who they are. And I think that is, honestly, the key to branding. Oh, I love that you went there. Being who you are, right? Being authentic in your approach. And it's funny, I think that we're brought up in a world that keeps telling us that we're not enough. And we also make things mean that to us as well, that we get to the point where we think we have to be somebody else. And being who you are is a practice, like every it day. Really it's a practice. I, it's funny, I meet, I meet a lot of older people and it's funny, I find that they, they don't give a shit. Like after a while, you're like, <laughs> Something about that person, like what have they learned along the years? And I think what they've learned is that ultimately most people are doing their own thing and that like impressing people is only going to get you so far. Being who you are is, is the ultimate thing that people are drawn to because I think 90 to 95% of people really aren't confident in who they are. You know, so when you see someone that is, it's like, wow, I, I want to follow that person. I want to see where they're going. I want to learn from them. And ultimately, I think, I don't know if you could attest this, it, to me, that sounds like influence, right? It totally is. And people want to follow people who are themselves. People don't follow people who are followers. That doesn't make any sense. A leader has their own, you know, just their own, I don't know, it's like an inner strength. And honestly, like, so here's the deal with me. I'm the reason why I know I was meant to work for myself. A big part of it is I feel like for me personally, when I work for someone else, no matter how great a boss they are or whatever it is, I feel like to stay in line with a culture and all of those things that go into the politics of, of being inside an organization is draining to me. 
I need to be myself. I've actually always just kind of been myself. And like you said, it's a practice. I feel like I've stepped so much into being me right now that I can't pull it back. Like I can't go, I can't pretend to be anybody else at this point. And I think everybody just needs to, to get there. And I know that, you know, every, there's a lot of excuses out there as to why you can't be yourself, but I don't think any of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It takes courage. It takes courage to do that. And it takes a, a little bit of living too. You've got to experience things in life to realize what you're good at and what you're not so good at. And then being real with it and going, you know what? I really don't think I have a strength in this. I've given it a good shot. I think my genius lies in another area, right? Like uh, Emil Steenveld and I, Emil's my uh, business partner and we coach together and speak together, run events together out here in Bali. Uh, what we did was we've uh, just restructured our company and I said to Emil, I said, go, go to the whiteboard and write down all of what you believe is your genius, right? So it's like uh, uh, logistics and it's uh, sales and it's relationship development and things like that. And then I went and wrote mine down and then our other staff members, they wrote theirs down. And it's interesting. I said to Emil, I said, man, our job as the founders of this company is to try and find ways that we can delegate to elevate. We need to find people that we can bring in that are playing in their genius in areas that we're not so passionate about. So in, in order for us to be able to cross as many of those areas off the list so that we're truly playing in our top two to three uh, areas of genius. What do you believe are your areas of genius? If you had two to three ones. Areas of genius, pattern seeking. I just, I see patterns. Like for me, I graduated early from college graduate in three years because if I don't understand, first of all, if I don't understand why a rule exists I, or like what the purpose is, I don't feel like, it's like there has to be a better way. So for me, I was like, okay, well, if I just do X, Y, Z, why do I have to be here four years? If I do this, I can do it in three. And then like with Gary's content model, when people are talking, I see content. Like I know what content they should be making. I can look at like a, you know, five minute video. I know, you know, which two clips to pull. I know which article to write from it. I know which image quotes. I just see the patterns. And that's what makes me really good at what I do is because I can help people. I can give somebody a year's worth of content, you know, an hour or two content ideas. They can't think of anything because they're stuck in it, but I see it and I see what's special. And the first thing, like I did that strengths finders test and the first two were individualization, which means I can see what's unique about people. And the second one was strategy. Like, I just, I see it. Like, I just get the bigger picture with, when it comes to people, like, I see that if I have a thousand people who all do the same thing and they're all working in the same market, I can help them figure out what's special about them. And that's just, that's the key. That's such an awesome superpower, Brittany. I love it. <laughs> that's such yeah. a gift. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it makes me like, like, I love people. That's why I like helping them and why I liked. I, so the first year I was at Vayner, I was on the regular brand side before the personal brand. And now it makes so much sense why I love the personal brand. I love the connection to the people. I love the response that Gary could get that, that no cookie, like I could write for a cookie that, that just doesn't do it for me. It, it's, gonna, it's about people and like the little things that make each and everybody different, even though we're all the same, but we're not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Brittany, I do this quite often. I will go and have a look at someone's personal brand, sometimes business, but more so lately their personal brand. And I'll sit with it and I, I set a, an hour time block 
because we're looking at ways of increasing and improving our personal brands, but also our business too. So I'll sit there for an hour and I'll pull apart and I'll write down just dot points of what I believe this individual is doing that is really separating them from the rest. Do you do this as well? Do you jump in and dissect some personal branding models or, or any marketing models and see what, what's there? I do. I like reverse engineering. I mean, obviously Gary's a great model. I know that everybody kind of follows a formula. For me, it's interesting because people ask for my podcast, like, oh, talk about so-and-so's brand. I love athlete brands. I've been watching LeBron's personal brand, personally, very closely. Like, he's going to be around for a very long time. The Rock is an amazing example. These are, you know, just easy public folks to talk about. Like I said, Gary. Yeah, I just watch what they're doing. But at the same time, what they're doing, for the most part, those people are being themselves, you know? A lot of people don't want to niche down to that's always an issue with with people. And so when I look at, I always look at the biggest names that I see, what they're doing with their brand. And something I just want to point out to the audience, if they're, I'm sure you talk about, you know, people niching down into what they, what they do and then broadening out. All of these people have started with one area and now they're, they're huge in all of these different areas. So I always look for the commonalities and to see if somebody's doing something different or how that applies to the model and how they're storytelling. Because there are just certain themes that it's so consistent, even though people are talking about completely different things, it always comes down to the same elements. So I do, I do like to see what it is. Love this. Love this. This is such a great breakdown there. So Brittany, let's say that you're, you have a client and they're just starting out. They're great at delivering some form of a service. They, they may be a consultant, right? Like a speaker, coach, fitness expert, you know, PT or whatever. Uh, if you were to advise them on five stuff to bring into their business to really blow their brand up because they can't do it all by themselves. We can't do it. You know, you can't do it. It's, it's, it's got to be that you have a team eventually, right? What five uh, skills sets or staff members would you bring in uh, to help this person to really build their personal brand out there and get out there? Well, I do think people can do a lot by themselves, and I think that's underestimated. You use the example of a consultant health coach. The reason I've been so crazy pushing LinkedIn is because low barrier to entry, um, favorable algorithms, you don't need to be posting multiple times a day. And if you're talking business, like I don't care if this is the most random business or bloggers, influencers, not the type of thing you're thinking about for LinkedIn. This is like low lift. You can do this yourself. That's different than like a Team Gary style, I'm building out a personal brand team. If you're building out, let's take a step back. If you are building out a personal brand team, ultimately everything related to a personal brand is about communicating to your audience. It's communication. That's, that's the bottom line. So you need somebody who can, who can write, who can help you with, that person can help you then with emails, that person can help you with written content, all of that stuff. You at least want somebody who can do that. Um, and someone who has strategy would be great depending on if, how self-aware you are. So like some kind of project manager slash brand manager, director, uh, that email with the copywriter can always post for you. I love people doing double duty. Like for me on Gary's team at the time, because when I joined, I think it was like six to eight people when I was touching paid ads, helping with influencer reach out, helping with PR, helping with writing his articles, like I had to be able to do everything. And I think now you can find people who, who want to be doing more than just like, I'm a copywriter. 
having somebody who can design and do basic videos, design videos and any kind of editing, like that's just, that's really who you should find. If you're not a video person, like you don't know how to do anything related to video, and I had to make like one hire, for me it would be a video person because I can do the rest. I know my own voice. So like I would, ha- I would get it down to like one person who could do that and make the assets. Ooh, I like this. Video seems to be a medium uh, that allows us to connect very quickly with, with people and to build rapport and trust, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Video. Oh, one more thing with, depending on how crazy you want to build out your brand to be or what your business is, I mean, Facebook ads, hiring a good ads person actually is, is important. But I think in term, like you said, uh, in terms of all of the stuff that I would suggest, if you need to hire for your weakness, like you said. So if you're not, you're not good recording yourself or talking to the camera yourself or whatever it is, you got to hire a video person to do that. If you're not a great writer, but you can do video, then you need someone to help on that end. But you're right about the video. Video is the most daunting thing for people. I'm not fully comfortable with video all the time. Like I'm starting, starting to step into that. And I think that just brings up kind of just all of the feelings. It's, it's so great, you know, to get things across, but at the same time, it's, it's very exposing. And if you're not fully comfortable with yourself and there's little things and tweaks and things that you see and you're like, oh, I wish I looked better here. It's a very self-conscious, uncomfortable thing for the majority of people. But since now everybody's putting themselves out there, I'm just, if I work with somebody, I'm just trying to make them comfortable. A lot of, a lot of personal branding, at least with one-on-one clients for me, is about the mindset aspect. And working with people with video is a huge mindset thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that uh, Facebook and Instagram have live now. Even YouTube's going live as well because it means that you've got to jump in. You're jumping in the deep water right there and you've got to get good at it. Yeah, and I to bring it back... One of the things that I practice quite often, I teach a lot of my students is this whole, this whole idea of finding your feet, right? And you do it as well with the podcast that you do. I do it as well. Um, I remember when I first started podcasting, I was so worried about like that first question you ask a guest. It's like, well, like, how is this going to go? Am I going to connect with this person? And you get a little bit nervous. I, I already expect that the first question may not be at the best energy, but we're going to get into flow somehow. And it's the same thing with jumping on a live video or shooting in front of a a camera is just go, look, maybe for the first 30 seconds to a minute, I'm trying to find my feet because it's a state change thing, right? It's getting yourself into this state. And uh, it is interesting when you get the wheels spinning when you see people after a while are in that flow and it becomes easier and easier uh, to be in it. And you get less out in your head and more in your body and you start feeling it more. Well, it's like when I started podcasting, you know, it's uncomfortable and then you don't like your voice. And then over time, everything is practice. Like I know people give tips. They're like, oh, look into the camera and pretend it's your friend. I'm going to tell you that doesn't work for me. I cannot pretend (laughs) that the camera is my friend. But what I can do is no, just practice it and get used to having the camera in my face. And then it doesn't matter. And to bring it back to talking about LinkedIn for a second, the reason I like LinkedIn is kind of blown up is that it's embraced content creation. And around a year ago, a little over, they introduced native video. And so now there's all of these people posting, frankly, raw, raw type videos and not like, you know, not like the branded content thing that you might think would be on LinkedIn. And just real, like straight to the phone, 
kind of content that maybe you're used to if you're using Snapchat and Instagram, that does well. And so for people who are scared of video, that has been a huge recommendation, especially if they're trying to grow a business, because that's where you can talk about, you know, your business stuff. And you can probably give video on LinkedIn is maximum 10 minutes, but most video that performs well is short. So if you have like a minute of something or a tip a day or something super easy that you can literally say into your phone, you can seriously build brand and influence there right now. And if you are scared of video at all, this is, it's the one place I'm not scared to post a video. Like I don't care how I look as much because people are so used to seeing kind of just the sales pitch that anything that's real feels good. Damn, you're, you're actually uh, inspiring me now to jump back into LinkedIn. I've been jumping in and out of LinkedIn for years. I've gone in, I've done the status update thing and breaking the lines and we've got some good reach on it. And, I, you know, we post on LinkedIn every day through Addicted to Success. But uh, for me to build my personal brand, I'm, I'm actually putting that on the board. That's going down. I'm going to action it. Appreciate so it needs that. to be, it does need to be the personal brand. The company pages, like, no, like you got to do it from the personal brand side. Right. It's, it's insane what's happening right now. And it's only been in the last year. It's really been since the Microsoft acquisition in 2016. But really after native video, they're paying attention. The videos are interesting if you, for the most part. And now that, because I said like barriers to entry are low and people are getting this status, no joke, in under a year, I've gotten speaking engagements, ideal high paying clients, six figure job offers, uh, real life relationships, all of this stuff in less, less than a year. It started rolling in like two months after posting semi-consistently. Like I said, it's, I cannot get the point across. I live in this shit. Like I live in this <laughs> world. I, I am on every platform. I'm platform agnostic, I'm not employed by LinkedIn, They're not sponsoring me. <laughs> I just know where the attention is on this. And this is it. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're, if you are any business, any career path, this is it. So you got to, you got to jump back on. <laughs> Damn, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it from all the way over here. <laughs> uh, I'm jumping on it. Uh, who would you say if you could give an example of maybe three or four people that are playing in LinkedIn that you've seen that are great examples of uh, people that are doing really well on the platform right now, who would they be? So there are a few people who are new to the platform. I just want to give context to everybody. An influencer I don't like calling myself a LinkedIn influencer, but an influencer on the platform or someone who's a video influencer, like the top video creator on the platform has under 40,000 followers. It's not a follower game. It is followers kind of matter, but it is a quality over quantity game. Like we're not talking any of that. And I've had videos that, you know, I have like, let's say 11 or 12,000 followers, which is a sizable amount. And a video that I post like I can get 40, you know, 40,000 views on. Like, it's just, that's the way it is. So Sean Cannell uh, is doing a really good job. Anybody who has like even a little bit of video skills at this point uh, can really crush. Or even if you don't, if you just have anything related to your industry to say, uh, Sean is doing a lot of stuff. I really like Judy Fox. I like Michaela Alexis. She's been on the platform a long time. She's someone who's who's been writing and has... I think she, she definitely has over 100,000. She has a lot of followers, but now has been the time because everybody's come back and or people are coming back to the platform and she's been consistently using it. So those are a few of the names, but these aren't names. These aren't names that are like, oh my gosh, like I recognize them necessarily. Some like a Sean you recognize maybe from YouTube or an Instagram, but 
but this is a new world. This is like uncharted territory and that never happens and not for a platform that's this old. Thank you for the insight. Wow. Yeah. When you think about it, right, there are a lot of CEOs, a lot of founders, a lot of people that are into making good investments that are high level business people uh, on LinkedIn as well. So, you know, if you are, let's say, a consultant of some sort that are looking for higher paying ticket clients, this is absolutely the place to go. Yeah, and even if you're not, like, even if you're an influencer looking for brand deals, if you can speak intelligently about your business, everybody who works in branding up and down the chain from the CEO to the executive assistant, whoever, those are, they're there. And the thing is, if you can show, like, I talk about this because there's so many different strategies. Like not only could you be talking to them, you can be talking just to your current audience and then engaging with those people, showing them the audience that you have. Like if you're an influencer who wants to build out product, are you kidding? Like the distribution, all of those people are there. Like literally everybody is there. It's like 44% of people on LinkedIn make more than $75,000. If you want somebody not just to ask for a free collab, those are the people. Like the people that you think are inaccessible, are very accessible and they're willing to have the conversation because the platform is specifically designed to have business conversations. I love Instagram. Try to find, try to find some, a higher up CEO at a brand or an executive at a brand. Try to search for their bio. Like unless you have a tool, you're screwed, but you can look them up very easily on LinkedIn and have a conversation and they want to hear from you because they want your audience and your business. Mm, great place to develop relationships. I like this. On that note of relationships, Brittany, you're recently uh, engaged. So let's talk a little bit about this because as an entrepreneur, I believe it can be at times challenging to match yourself with someone that or find someone that is on a similar frequency so that you can play at that higher level. So what's your experience being with this? So my fiance actually is somebody that I met at my first job out of college, but we didn't start dating until way later, obviously. He was always entrepreneurial. He's actually, he's actually the reason I even went to, knew about Gary at all. A few years ago when I was miserable, uh, he sent me, he was the reason he sent me the Gary Vaynerchuk tweet that said they were opening an LA office because I was applying to business school because I was still on the very traditional, oh, I can't work in marketing if I don't have a business degree. And he was like, that's not true. And he, I was like, nobody gets a job through a website. And I did. <laughs> and, and I just saw the way he had set up his life. He had like a, it was kind of a traditional day job, but he was allowed to work remotely and he was allowed to travel just like at, as long as he got his stuff done. And I was like, I want that. Like, I want to be able to work how I want, when I want. And it's not easy to have a relationship in this space. It really isn't. And to have compatible people who grow together and, he and I happen to have a really good balance. He doesn't like being the center of attention at all. He's super relaxed when, you know, I might be more type A and kind of like I might get stressed out. He doesn't ever get ruffled. He's a good balance, but it's a constant, it's tough. Like I moved to New York to work for Gary and he was super supportive, but he was in LA most of the time. We had to do the long distance thing. He came out to New York for a little bit. We moved. I knew he hated New York. So I knew at a certain point I needed to, I, my commitment to New York was for a year. I stayed longer. Um, but at a certain point, I was like, I know I need to get back for our relationship. Our relationship is not going to last if I stay in New York. 
So it's kind of like going through this launch period. It's just that push and that pull and checking in and we've gotten way better communication. We've intentionally been working on it because I know that this is tough. Like I wake up and I just start working or he wakes up and he just starts working and it is hard. Like I, I was thinking the other day, if I was single, I don't think I could meet anybody at this point, like right now. Like during this launch period, like I haven't been outside pretty much in the last few weeks because I've been working so much. Like I don't know how people, like I literally have to force myself out to events in order to meet new people or meet them online because there's, it's just a crazy lifestyle, but it's nice because he understands what's going on. So at least he's like, okay, like she's got, she's got stuff to do. So he's not like, oh, I wish you could go out with me. And then after this is over, because we do work for ourselves, it's like we're going to go hopefully visit you in Bali. That'll be awesome. Yes. Yes. Make your way out here. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great freedom that you guys have. You, you've created some freedom in your life because you've structured it in a way where it complements each other and also is very supportive of each other's needs. I like that. But it that. took four years. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I was working, I was miserable, I was complaining, I was all these things. And he worked on it with me. It's like, what do we need to do? And now I'm, I'm in a completely different place. But we had to work on it. I, we had to be super patient, even with the New York thing. It's like, I'm literally going to go to work and I'm going to come back and I'm going to sleep and I'm going to go back to go to work again. And he was just like, okay, like we're in this. This is a set amount of time. It's not going to be this way forever. Let's do it. You need to do it. You want to do this for your future. It's good for us. It's going to get us where we want to be. And so you just have to have those conversations. And when it sucks, it sucks. But you got to keep having those conversations, acknowledging that it sucks and that it's, you're going to do something about it. Bruni, I, I really believe that you've probably inspired many people that are listening to this right now that may be in long-distance relationships or even relationships where they may have started in, a, in a, like a bit of a rough patch or maybe it wasn't in as much congruence, but they feel the love for each other. And I love that you've uh, shared this. You know, it is tough. I remember one of my friends, I don't, I don't know if you know him, Chris Harder. Uh, so Chris and Laurie Harder are a great incredible couple. They're both entrepreneurs. And Chris said that uh, every year he falls in love with a different version of her. It's the yoga Laurie. And then it's the business <laughs> launching Laurie. And it's the, you know, going through tough times Laurie. And it was just so like amazing to hear that th this is what it is. This is truth. It's raw. It's real. It's tough sometimes in relationships to, to have to go through those times where you are feeling like not a hundred percent yourself, but you, you know, you, it sounds like you have such a supportive relationship. And I think that that's really such a key that you're both willing to make an effort even when times are tough. And I believe that transcends even love itself. And I know it sounds controversial, but you know, you can like love an airplane, but you don't know how to fly it. You can love a car, but you don't know how to fix it, right? You've got to put in the work to make that happen. And that's the effort. And it sounds like you both are really there making the effort to make it uh, something possible. So that's I awesome. Really, I really like that. What, what Chris said, and I'm familiar with, you know, Chris and Lori, I have yet to meet them. But that's true. Like for me, when I met my, my fiance, I, like, I didn't even have the full understanding at that time what he did for a living. And now his skill set actually perfectly aligns with mine. He gets email marketing. He actually is a designer. And so he designs all my stuff. If I need a website or landing page, he takes care of it. He can take my photos. His skill set happens to also perfectly align that I haven't had to get up. I'm starting to hire some people. But I've been able to hold off and been able to really bootstrap what I've needed to because all of these interesting things that he can do. And I didn't even realize that in our relationship when it started. 
That's amazing. You bring the best out of each other. That's, that should be the key is like, how do we bring the best out of each other? Because ultimately, I, I mean, I look at my friendships that I have and we're all bringing value to each other in some way, shape or form. If we weren't, we probably wouldn't be investing time and energy in each other. It's just how it is. But you definitely need friends too. About this, you spend even more time together in a relationship too. So you have to pay even more attention to what value you're bringing to each other. Yeah, it needs to not turn into a work work thing. Like I do happen to, we don't work together, but we are working together. And it's really important to have friends and people like right now, I've realized over the last year, it's so important to have my own community, my own people, people who understand what I'm going through specifically, kind of that mastermind stuff. It's, it's just so important to have people who understand the journey and you need to find them outside of your relationship. Yeah, that's true. Very true. I like that you are clearly defined that one. I, so Brittany, your podcast rocks. I love, I love listening to your podcast. I've listened to quite a few episodes. Thank what you. would you say uh, for our listeners here at Addicted to Success? Because I'd love for them to jump over and check out your podcast too. What would you say would be some great, uh, maybe two to three episodes that you feel they should listen to to get a good start? 100% yours. <laughs> Come yours. on now. <laughs> Um, my girlfriend, Danielle Prawl, uh, she is, she's a mindset mentor, but she is an online, just like an online automations business expert. She's worked uh, with Jenna Kutcher to set up her funnels and launch her courses and Jasmine Starr and a bunch of other huge names. And she's been the person behind the people kind of in the same kind of way I have been for a long time. And she's now stepping out. She's super, super smart, super talented, I think. If people like this kind of content, they'll definitely like hers. Um, depending on if you like influencers, I just did a good one with Melissa Wood Health talking about authenticity. I just did a great one. I've been getting a lot of good responses recently because I feel like it's finally hitting its stride after a year uh, with Brian Fanzo. We did two episodes. It was a two-hour episode that we didn't even realize was going two hours. And I kept the entire two hours because we were talking about authentic community and he crushed it. So I'd say the last... I'd go and listen to the most recent ones to start and then any Q and A's. I really like doing Q and A and I, I get pretty good feedback about them. Yes. I love this. I love it. Thanks for sharing that, Brittany. Now, Brittany, before we wrap up, uh, where can we find you online? Obviously you got the beyond influential uh, podcast, but where else can we find you? So I'm Brittany crystal everywhere on every platform and yeah, BrittanyCrystal.com has everything that you'd need to find me. Beautiful. And that's uh, K-R-Y-S-T-O-E. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. And T-T-A-N-Y. Yeah. yeah. You got to spell it out. And this is the thing about online. You know this too, right? Is like if, if someone has to do two or three steps, like if yeah. they mess up like spelling something or they've got to click more than two or three buttons, they just bail out. So it's I true. like to make it easy. <laughs> Thank you so much. B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-K-R-Y-S-T-L-E.com or anywhere else. Check her out. Don't miss it out on it, okay? Uh, Brittany, before we wrap up the interview, I always finish every interview with this one last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Just do you. Just be you. Like, do what feels right for you. That's, that's all it is. Like, you get one chance. You really only get one chance as far as I know. Do what you need to do to to be happy whatever it takes break the rules there are no rules <laughs>